Welcome to the Empowered Podcast with Deanna Merlino, a personal development show where I will be sharing with you just how to transform yourself into the best version of you, both inside and out. From fitness and nutrition to business and positive mindset work, I'll be showing you exactly how to live your best life. I'll be keeping it as real and raw as it gets. So get ready to peel back the layers and really transform yourself under the surface because nothing is better than finding your purpose and living this life as your true, authentic self. So I have a really fun addition to utilize as a source that I would love for you guys to do at the start of your day, every single day to just keep you on track, help you with your goals, really get you into a positive mindset every single morning, because what we do in the morning is how we are going to shape our entire day. I have this fancy little sheet that I'm calling Day by Design, and it's an editable PDF that you're going to be able to fill out even as your day goes on if you need to. Some of it is meant to be for you to do as your day goes on. And some of the things that are in there are going to be the mood that you're feeling for the day, tracking your exercise, your water intake, and your meals, You're going to write what you're grateful for, your schedule, your goals, your get-to-do list, because I don't like to say to-do list or have-to-do, a money tracker, and just keeping everything in one place for what you need to do today, tomorrow, and for all the days so that you can make sure that you stay on track and have the best day that you can. So in order for you guys to get this, I'm going to have you go to my website, which is www.deannamerlinofit.com. And you're going to get asked to sign up for a newsletter that you will then get this in exchange for free. So super easy. You don't have to do anything but sign up. And after that, you'll get a quick little welcome letter. And then once a month, I will send out a newsletter that is going to keep you guys up to date with me. So you can just get to see the ins and outs of what's going on in the life of Deanna Merlino and the Empowered Podcast. Can't wait for you guys to utilize this and just can't wait to see you guys sharing it on social media as well hitting your goals, helping others do it as well. Please take advantage of this. It will definitely be fun for everyone involved. Welcome back, my Empowered fam. I am so excited for tonight. We have a fantastic guest lined up. I have Mr. Wayne Forrest with me here tonight. This is going to be a very inspiring episode. So make sure you set aside some time to just listen to all the great, amazing nuggets that he's going to leave us with. And on that note, I would love to get him introduced. So Wayne is an international transformational speaker and life mastery consultant as as well as a TEDx guest. He has shared the stage with well-known thought leaders such as Matt Boggs and international trainers and speakers like my personal favorite, Lisa Nichols, who you might know from The Secret Film. He grew up in a farming community off the coast of Hawke's Bay in New Zealand, where he farmed for 25 years, 15 of which was from a wheelchair. Wayne is married to his wife, Kathy, and has four children and three grandchildren. Wayne had a sporting accident in 1995, which left him C5 tetraplegic, and he said this was the catalyst for his ongoing journey into personal development, which has given him the incredible life that he loves and is very grateful for. He is a co-creator of an award-winning non-for-profit CHB Swim for Lives, which supports local schools and going deep water programs and swimming lessons to help save lives from drowning. 
Wayne shares his journey from the heart to enable others to believe that you too can build and live into your dreams and live a life you love regardless of the challenges, struggles, or perceived disabilities that they face. Wayne, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. I am honored. Um, I'm glad we got this set up because being in New Zealand, we are on an 18-hour time difference. So that is a little interesting, but welcome to the Empowered Podcast. Thank you for having me, Deanna. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to have you here tonight. I know that you are just going to have some amazing things for us. Um, and I am just going to dive right in. And um, I did listen to your TEDx speech, and it was a 17-minute long, just have you on the edge of your chair um, presentation. And I would love to have you kind of just set the stage for us the same way and just telling um, a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, no problem. Um, I grew up in the farming district and loved farming, loved it. I didn't want to go to school <laughs> at the age of five, you know. Uh, I had it sorted at the age of five, uh, and that was to be on the horse and um, working with stock and, and just loved immersing myself out there. And uh, school came along, and I, I found it very challenging, but it had sport. I love sport as well, and um, rugby was one of those sports. And as the years went on, I obviously immersed myself in that farming culture and started a couple of businesses up and had traveled the world and got married all at the tender age of 25 with two beautiful little twin daughters of 16 months. Uh, and I had a game of rugby for my local club and uh, we were a little bit light on numbers. numbers. Uh, so I was asked to lead my team. Uh, I saw that as a great honour and um, it was a tough physical local game like always. It was always quite brutal uh, and I just took the ball into contact right towards the end of the game and put myself in a position which gave me that opportunity to dislocate my neck uh, and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move and, uh, you know, panic was running through my body and uh, I can remember yelling out help uh, and no one could hear me and that was because my lungs, you know, everything was paralysed so uh, the old breathing was, was very shallow and um, as everyone sort of got off from being on top of me, they... <laughs> They knew I was in danger, so uh, called the ambulance or ear ambulance. Took about an hour and a half to, for it to arrive, um, and the doctor sort of said, um, "Have you had any pain relief?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> so it came me because it was very much like a hot poker stabbed into my neck because of the dislocation, and um, so he gave me some medicine, and I passed out. Uh, I was in and out of consciousness for the next five days, really. Uh, and then I woke up in hospital not being able to move anything, um, not my hands, not my arms, or my legs. Um, yeah, I couldn't even feed myself. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go to the toilet by myself. And, you know, just to really put that in context, here I was 
quite a shy country boy from, you know, um, from the back blocks of uh, New Zealand uh, and having nurses uh, do things and, and have me totally naked and the whole works was just so out of my comfort zone. Um, and, yeah, and I had to make a life again. I had to start again. Um, and there was a, you know, a lot of feelings. Shame was one of them that came through, you know, that I was this country boy that was meant to be tough and um, strong and uh, here I was broken and there was shame that came with it, you know. I, how was I going to be a father? How was I going to be a husband? Um, so you had all those thoughts and um, I had to go through that grief process Absolutely. to start again. Um, Tom, were you married at the time when this accident happened? Yeah, I'd, I'd been married um, uh, probably about two years or thereabouts. Wow. The girls were about 16 months, so um, they were conceived on our wedding night. <laughs> our little secret. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anyone. Wow. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the thoughts that were going through your head. I can't even imagine trying to process that and wrap, you know, your head around that. Um, I want to dive into that more, but I do want to say, I just love seeing your personality now. I know that was quite a while ago, but, um, I don't think time really matters and something like this, just to know that you come out on the other side of this is very inspiring. Um, how long were you in the hospital for? Uh, first time about six months. Uh, I, in the first three or four years, it was, just about half that time uh, in and out getting checkups and doing little operations that I chose for um, mm -hmm. so I could get more momentum or in what I wanted to do. Um, but, yeah, that first time was about five months. How long of a time period do you think it was before you were able to kind of make that mental shift and decide, um, you know, I'm not going to let this get the best of me? There's been shifts all the way along. Uh, this is back in 1995, so we're now 27 years, or coming up 27 years in May. Uh, and um, But the first four years, it, it took at least that to get used to just being in the wheelchair, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it became my being, so I, I started to adjust to being day-to-day. Uh, and not feeling absolutely whacked at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and that mental shift sort of came about then too where you started to think, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to create um, from here? For me, I was quite lucky. I knew straight away that I wasn't going to give up on my farming. I was going to do everything in my power to to go back to that lifestyle. Um so I made that decision quite early, and I think that helped my momentum uh, towards uh, creating uh, a life for myself again. That's amazing. Um, and little known fact, I've never shared this before, but I actually worked on a farm for a year. So I say that because that is a very laborious job. 
Um, I'm just so curious how you were able to continue on doing that and kind of the process of it's uh, you said you did that for um, 15 more years, I believe. That's just incredible. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't do the phys- physical, physical work uh, mm-hmm. anymore. Like I, I, I used to share sheep for a living um, before I had my accident. So, you know, that's some would say that's like three marathons in one day, you know, <laughs> the amount of energy that it's like a consistent dance of the, um, you know, it's like the Macarena, you know, you're constantly <laughs> moving in high energy, <laughs> dancing with the sheep on the board. So I was, I had that built in right from an early age, that physical, that, that you know, push the limits. Mm-hmm. Um, hence probably what put me in the chair as well in some aspects. And so I adjusted to managing the workload. I ended up, my marriage didn't survive uh, more than two years um, because I was a different person completely and, and we mm-hmm. wasn't a, that great a marriage beforehand. It just opened up the cracks, right? Yeah. Um, and so I had to employ someone to come and just be my housekeeper, look, look after my kids because I was very rural, uh, and that person ended up being the wife I've got now wow. <laughs> and we did the farm work together. And so she was also from that farming background. So at one stage we ended up running the whole farm where I'd get out of my, I got a bike adapted so I could drive around the hills and mm-hmm. round up stock again. It wasn't the same as my horse, but it was definitely um, pretty cool. There's, some amazing four-wheelers and, and ATVs out there these days. So I had one of them adapted and uh, got out there and managed uh, the stock and had my dogs again, and and um, which rounded up the stocks, stock, the sheep and cattle, for those that don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and yeah, we ran that farm again to full capacity to my uh, abilities anyway. And... Um, yeah, funny thing happened. Then once I achieved that, it wasn't enough. I was like, "What's next? What What do wow. I need to do now?" That's just amazing. I feel like I should be talking more, and I just can't because I'm just so blown away by your story. <laughs> so I'm kind of just taking it all in as well. Um, when did you then decide to become a speaker? Kind of when did that come into play? Probably about four four years ago. I um, happened to. I sort of went through a journey of discovery. You know, it's mm-hmm. been 20-odd years of, of that journey. Um, and about four years ago, I was doing some self-development and um, might be even five years ago now. And um, I came across a woman called Mary Morrissey from the Brave Thinking Institute uh, online and decided – my wife decided it was a good idea that I took a course. <laughs> She's always been my muse, so I do what I'm told. Right? Smart and, man, smart man. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, mate, I, I did the Dream Builder online that she had, and um, she offered me two free tickets to LA. Um, wow. We had to pay for ourselves there, but for a three-day 
dream building weekend that she has, and um, I loved it. I knew it was in my my people, my environment, mm. uh, and I just wanted um, to do the same. So that's when I started studying as a life mastery consultant or a coach, and um, obviously I always had a bit of a gift at speaking off the cuff at, at weddings or birthdays or, or those kind of things. Um, I did terrible at school, uh, <laughs> so I was quite shy. And, you know, yet when I got in the moment and just started speaking, it just seemed to flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, of course, I naturally went into that speaking realm and, yeah, started learning that craft more and more. Isn't it so amazing when you find that thing that you know you're supposed to be doing and it just clicks? Like you just feel like you were meant to be there? Yeah, it's, it, it, I call it the warrior within us, mm. right? It just wants to get out. And when you're in the right environment, you just feel that power within us mm-hmm. uh, that goes, you're in the right place. Yeah. Do it. That's amazing. So I um I love to talk about kind of like entrepreneurial stuff on the podcast too. And I, I definitely have not touched on um speaking as a craft. So if you had some advice for someone who is trying to get into the speaking realm, um, what would that advice be for them on how to get into something like that? Write a story, craft it. Um for the TEDx. No one sees the hours that you put in mm-hmm. to to do a good job, right? You have to show up and, and practice when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times did I – we've got uh, just a few acres here uh, in New Zealand now. Not We're not fully farming anymore. We've just got a little lifestyle. But I sat out on that deck and I – crafted my speech over and over again so it was part of my soul Mm -hmm. to the poor old cows that were in the paddock right next door, you know. I spoke it. I delivered it like I was sitting on that stage um, and I really tried to become it. Um, Tony Robbins is a good one, you know. He wanted to become a great speaker, which he has, of course, one Mm -hmm. of the best in the world. He said the same thing, and I always remember that. Just get out and speak and do lots of it, recraft it, rework it until it's resonating and people are getting what you want them to get. I love that. That actually gives me cold chills, and I am going to drop that for you. If you guys um, you know, want to hear that TEDx talk, it was incredible. I'm not joking. I was on the edge of my seat. So Wayne, I want to say amazing job on that. You crafted it perfectly. You did great. Um, but if you just YouTube, it's called How Struggle Helps Us Grow. That was absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, it's funny because I have always had a fear of speaking in front of people. Um, I do network marketing as well. And I remember the very first presentation I did, I literally left crying. <laughs> And I was like, I'm never doing this again. And then I ended up with a podcast. So you really just have to do it. Uh, Do it scared and do it anyhow and fall on your face a few times on your way and then just, uh, you know, get better at whatever it is you want to do and keep going. 
I love that. Um, okay, this is a random question I just thought about. So how old are your kids now? Uh, well, I've got four. I've wow. got the two that, I, got the two that um, I had before the accident yep. uh, that were twins. They are 28. They both have um, three little kids. Uh, or one has one. Sorry, one has one. The other one has two. Uh, one being five, two, and one, or coming up one. And then I've got a 15-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. Amazing. So I guess this question would um, then go to the twins, the two. Um, do they do anything that remotely follows in your footsteps? I was just curious if that kind of trickled down, that mindset trickled down to your children. Not as yet, but it does. It definitely trickles down, especially the 15-year-old um, who and the 12-year-old because they're living now in this new environment that yeah, myself right. and my wife's creating uh, in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's creating quite an impact on them of crafting the dream and, and going for it. We all have this amazing ability or in a warrior to create what we would truly love we just need to discover it and then keep stepping into it and um we study this we we're doing this we're living this myself and my wife so that is reflected also for our kids Mm -hmm. we as parents are a great mirror and they are a great mirror of us they're our best teachers because they reflect uh, those things that we don't like in ourselves, um, especially when they get a little bit older. I know, Deanna, you've got your own little fella. Um, but when they're, you know, five, six, 10, 15, <laughs> um, they, they definitely reflect that behavior that we don't like in ourselves. Um, and it's a great opportunity for us to then work on it. I have these, uh, I really only personal train still this couple. They are both around 70. They have been training three days a week for the last 30 years. They're this very inspiring couple. They're bajillionaires. I don't even know. And they're just the most down to earth people that I definitely look up up to them. They have such great wisdom. And one thing that um, the gentleman said to me, he said, because they have, I think, four kids, and they said the same thing. You can tell where you were at in your life because of the way that child is. And that just really stuck with me. And I'm so grateful that I started my personal development journey when I did because I worked on so much trauma and so much stuff and healing um, before I had him in hopes that I wouldn't carry that on and pass that off to him. And I definitely already see he looks nothing like me. He looks... 100% like my husband, but I can tell he has this mischievous little look in his eyes. He is me. He has my personality. So not only do I know, is it karma, but it makes me very aware that I want to make sure, like you said, that mirror that I'm instilling the right things in him. And I think it's going to be quite a journey in seeing uh, who he becomes and the things that I can instill in him and the things that he's going to teach me along the way as well. So that is so spot on. Uh, it's very, very interesting. 
Um, so do you, uh, then I would love to have you talk about what you offer as a coach and how you can help other people. I love that inner warrior that you keep talking about because it's so true. Um, so I guess maybe just touch a bit on that and what you offer. Well, as men especially, but I think it's for everybody in, in society, you know, society is happening to us so often. You know, we're just going through the motions. You know, we go to work, we we uh, do what we have to with the family and, and whatever that is. And we're going throughout our day and we often feel like there's a part of us that wants more. Mm-hmm. And I believe there is. There's mm-hmm. two parts of us. There's the common part that feels stuck often and is allowing all the stuff that's happening around the world in uh, to our lives, right? And even the stuff that are happening in our community or family, it's affecting us. And I believe that this inner warrior is knows all the answers and knows that you can create whatever you want and it knows how to get there as well. So what I do is, as a coach, I help people go from that common you to actually standing for that warrior inside of you and creating a life that you can absolutely love and go, wow. I I can't agree more. I think we all have that inner knowing. And I think sometimes it's, you know, we we need people like you, those coaches to help us tap into that and to help us become aware of that because without being shown that that's in there, so many people never listen and so many people never get to reach our, their potential. And I love seeing the shift and being more open to these kinds of things and being aware and getting that coaching and asking for that help. Because I truly think that that is what is going to change our world. Um, And I know that you, I've watched several of your videos just kind of talking about, honestly, just love and how we need more love to change the world. And I would just love to kind of hear a few of your principles because not only do I align with them, um, but I think that people need to become more aware as well. And I think that this is a great place that we can share that and expand on it. Well, I'm going to do it a little bit back to front, you know, what would it be like to have more kindness and love in your life, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that unity that we, I think, all want, right? And so the three principles that I use in my coaching, one of the biggest ones is that awareness of, of who we are, right, and how we work. And that's how this brain works as well. Uh, it's got parts of the brain that's 2,000 years old and it mm-hmm. still thinks in that way. So we're designed to to think a certain way and we have to become aware of that. And so there's a big, big element of understanding how we work as human beings or put it this way, as spiritual beings having a human mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. because there is a power that's breathing us. It can mean so many different things. It can be just love or infinite self or universe, and it can be God. It doesn't matter whatever you like to call it, but there is something that is creating 
this experience because we can't breathe on our own. And once you understand that, then you need to understand that this intelligence that's breathing all of us, that is in everything, wants you to have an abundant life. It is your birthright. The good thing about human beings, we get to choose if we believe that or not. Mm-hmm. And whatever we believe is what we end up getting. Mm-hmm. So this is the inner warrior, is that abundance. It's aligned with that abundance. There's a part of us that is aligned with that abundance. And once we understand that, then we understand that it's the human side or the common side that is creating or stopping the ability for that abundance to come in. So how do we do that? That's the first principle, right? That awareness. Second principle is then the vision. Because we have to find out what is aligning with Deanna. So we ask this question, where is the longing? Where is the discontent? Because as human beings, we're always looking for the next thing. You know, better clothes, whatever, better, you know, family. <laughs> I shouldn't say husband, but deep down <laughs> we do at times, right? Uh, but there's That's always the this human longing. experience too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? And there's this disc- discontent with where we are at. So we use those two energies to find out with this very powerful question. What would Deanna love? Listening to those two energies and asking that question. Right? And I can tell even by this conversation, Deanna's going, oh, shit, there's something, right? (laughs) I don't know if she wants to share it with you, but there is something that she would love. And, And then we have to craft that. We have to become the person in that vision because that vision, that inner warrior has to show up different if it wants what it would love. It's meant to stretch you. It's meant to put you out of your comfort zone because you become or you have to show up differently. Your warrior has to come out and show you how, right? And once we are stretched by that vision, we've got something to aim for. And by taking that journey, we have to choose. And this is the third one that I'm going to give. There is actually a fourth one as well, which is get support to help us, right? Get the coach, get Deanna to support you in, in, her, in your journey, whatever. But number three is that choose. We have to decide for it because when the alarm goes off at five o'clock because you want to create something, you have to get out of bed <laughs> and it's comfortable in bed, right? And and especially for those that love their bed, like many of us out there, it's hard to pull those covers off in a, in a chilly morning and get up and go and show up differently with a run or exercise or whatever that is for you to become the vision. 
You have to choose. Not once, but over and over and over again. Yeah, man. Even And it's going to have some tough moments. And you have to choose for the vision again and again. Even when you're not seeing results right away. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know that in fitness world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. I think it's really hard to in this day and age because we're so used to that. It's become an instant gratification. So it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's fitness or chasing the dream or becoming that new person, that new version of yourself. I think that that is one of our biggest roadblocks now is that expecting, well, I did it once, so I want it right away. You know, and it, it that's just not the reality of anything that we're trying to do. Nothing good comes that quick and that easy. That's very much the common you. If you want to be common thinking, that's that's fine, right? That's what I would say and do say to my clients is that's fine, man. But that's common. That's what everyone else is doing. If you want to create that extraordinary life and one that you truly love and not just say it, then, you know, you, you have to show up. Absolutely. I think one way, a simple way that I like to do it, um, because I focus very much on that too, is that version of myself that I want to be. I envision it and I journal on it quite frequently. And I just want to put it into the terms of for anyone listening, if you look at your life right now and you're not happy with what you're seeing, then you need to look back at yourself and how you're showing up for yourself, how you're behaving, the people you're surrounding yourself with, the things that you're taking in, listening to, eating, all the things, if you're not happy with it, something has to change. And once you become aware of that, then you can start figuring out, well, that life that I want, that dream that I want, that goal that I want, that passion that I have, what would I have to do to get there? Who do I have to be to get there? And start, when you notice that change, then you can make a shift and become that. So that's something that I like to do too. So I love that that's something that you teach on because it's so important. And there's an instinct. One of the most powerful words in the right contents is for a lot of us that love to help and love to serve is the word no. You know, sometimes we have to say no to those people in our lives mm-hmm. that we constantly say yes to or mm-hmm. say no to that lovely bit of sugar or that, <laughs> um, you know, uh, that third uh, drink on on a weeknight or mm-hmm. whatever that is, you know. Um, yeah, often we have to say no and choose, turn around and choose the warrior inside of us that is trying to say no as well, but we're not listening. For me, I know this year has been a big taking on of that no in the sense of because I take too much on, I want to help everybody. I want to, uh, like I overextend myself and then my energy is depleted and I can't take care of my own self, which in in that same regard, how important no is, whether it's for your well-being or for that third drink, because you know that nothing good's going to come from it if you continue down that path. And I think it's making those little decisions one at a time that add up and compound, you know, to the to the place that you want to be at. I think it's Atomic Habits. I can't remember the author, but um, that reminded me of what you just said, you know, stacking the habits on each other, good habits, stacking, 
you know, you've all got habits, so stack one habit on another. So if it's getting up or, or eating the right thing, then put another habit on top of that. So it's triggering and it becomes a pattern. And that pattern obviously becomes who we are. Uh, and we end up getting the results that we want in life. Absolutely. I love that. Um, those were all really great things. And I'm glad that we dove into them, um, which reminds me, actually, speaking of diving, I wanted to talk about how you got into that non-for-profit, what um, inspired you or what made you want to do uh, do that. I know that's about swimming. So that made me think of that. <laughs> um, it was my younger two, uh, school, uh, primary school. Um they were probably five, six, and 10, 11 at the time. And um, there was a school competition or school sports, swimming sports that they have every year. And there was so many 11, 12-year-olds that were terrified of the deep pool, mm-hmm. uh, the deep end. And we in New Zealand are two big islands with lots of lakes and rivers. We're surrounded by water everywhere. Um, That, you know, we have so many drownings and Mm. I I just wanted to make a difference. So I went to a few shakers and movers uh, in my district, uh, one being the owner of the pool complex. And um, we created a committee and decided that, we could raise some money through a swimathon um, for the swimmers, uh, where they create money per length, and um, that money can go into the kids for deep water programs in schools, so they know how they can save themselves if in a tricky situation or uh, if they find themselves not being able to touch the bottom um, of a river or a lake or or the sea. That's beautiful. Thank you for doing that. I feel like that's probably a topic that doesn't get thought about all that often. Um, maybe it's more common there. Obviously, I'm not surrounded by water, but just to have that available for people and, um, you know, trying to save as many lives as possible, that's such a tragedy to even have to think about. I can't even fathom it. Um, so thank you for doing that. I always love hearing, you know, when someone has any sort of platform or anything like that and is able to create an impact to help others in any way. So good for you for doing that. Um, is there anything, Wayne, that you can think of that we didn't talk about today that is on your heart that you want to share or add? That stage is mine. I oh, love it. Love it. Um, no, just stay curious out there, right? Because if you're curious, you start to look at different perceptions. and know that there's something in you, there's a purpose, you've got something special. My lovely mentor, Mary Morrissey, would say, you are just like a thumbprint, right? Your dream is unique to you. It's no one else's dream. And um, so stay curious, ask different questions so that you can create that inner warrior and you as well. I love that. I actually heard about it. 
explained almost a slightly different way. And I think it was in a book that I can't recall at the moment, but that we're all like a piece of fabric and we're all like a thread that is weaving together a giant blanket as just one collective blanket. And each one of us is so important in creating it. So it's same concept. Um, yeah, we absolutely all do have a purpose. And for anyone who you know, may not know it yet, uh, like Wayne just said, stay curious and keep your eyes open because we all have a purpose. And someone, maybe Wayne, maybe me, is out there to help you find uh, whatever it is and awaken that inner warrior. Um, well, Wayne, thank you so much for joining me. It was an absolute honor to have you. I love just diving into all the things. You are such an inspiration. I definitely look forward to staying in touch. We will be sure to have your information um, in the description of the podcast. So if anybody is looking for any sort of coaching or maybe even just wants to reach out, definitely be sure to do that. Give them a follow on Instagram. Um, and I just hope that this this sat with someone. So Wayne, thank you for your time. And um, I hope you have an amazing e- evening and we'll be chatting with you soon. Beautiful. Thank you, Diana. It's been a pleasure. And um, you are such a beautiful host. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're too gracious. <laughs> well, Empowered Fam, what an incredible interview. I hope that that sits with any of you, even just one bit. And if it gives you anything, know that no matter what you are facing, you can get through it. And there is something beautiful on the other side. And we all have a purpose. So I cannot wait to see you next week. Uh, We will be talking about fear and facing it and doing it anyhow. What a great segue, right? So I hope you all have an amazing week, an amazing day, and I will see you next Monday. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more, you can follow me on Instagram at Empowered with Deanna and my personal page, Fit Deanna Lolita. You can also visit me on my website, which is DeannaMerlinoFit.com. Make sure that whatever platform you guys are listening on, please rate and subscribe. And this means so much to me. It's going to help get me out there to help so many other people. I'm so grateful that you're here with me on this journey of wellness and self-empowerment. I cannot promise that it will always be easy, but I do know that it will always be worth it. Stick with me and together, let's start living as the version of us that we were meant to be because the world is waiting for your gifts and you deserve to live the life of your wildest dreams and beyond. So friends, let's get empowered.